Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar. I am your host tonight, Nick Pollock, and I am joined by Mr. Matt Filibovitz. Matt, how are you doing? Nick, what's your stance on packing your lunch? Unpacking my lunch. Well, I work at home, so I am rarely in a situation anymore where I would have to pack my lunch. But when I did work in my office before COVID, I packed my lunch pretty much every day. What are you? What What exactly are you going for here in terms of like, like, do I like doing it or like? No. So like, I I commute into work on on a train. So like, it's public transit, and a lot of the time, if I don't get out early enough, the train gets kind of packed. And I've had situations where I was like, man, this could really be more beneficial if I didn't have to worry about, like, is my lunchbox going to hit somebody in the face? Um, so I really enjoy packing. Like, I think it's like a very, like, uh, very nice way to end my night a lot of nights, packing my lunch for the next day. But as as it gets a little cooler, people are going to the office a bit more regularly. Vacations are kind of not really happening. And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about my whole, uh, you know, commuting rhythm. So... I don't really have a place to go with this. I was just curious your thoughts on bringing your lunch to work. Yeah, see that even even in the scenario where I am going to the office every day, that wouldn't have been an issue for me. One, because I would drive to work because mm. I live in Seattle and public transit is, um, well, public train transit is minimal. Mm. Um, and then two, I would just put my lunchbox in my backpack and just carry that. So mm. I'm unfamiliar with the dilemma that you've presented here today. If anyone has any thoughts, let me know. Tweet at me. So I'm dying to know if there's a better answer. Instead of talking more about lunchboxes, though, let's talk about Penn State football because our Nittany Lions are now 1-0 heading into week two against Delaware. And spoiler alert, we don't really have a lot to say about the Delaware football team. We have some things to say. Delaware is a perfectly fine FCS program, but obviously this week is more about you know what do we want to see from penn state as opposed to what are we necessarily afraid of when it comes to delaware so the conversation today will be more focused on the penn state side of things it won't follow necessarily our typical flow of a preview um, that you are probably used to we won't do the whole penn state wins if penn state loses if etc stuff because we are fair or not we are assuming a penn state win here um but before yeah, delaware, we get delaware into- is one and oh with a win over yes. stony brook uh, as of this week and last year they did make the fcf uh, fcs playoffs uh, and were yes, ranked in the did. coaches poll and i think fcs's version of the ap poll uh, and they finished the year eight and five so not too bad of a season for yeah. the blue hens last year a, a perfectly, perfectly good team. We will talk a bit more about them when we get to the end where we start to make our score predictions. But for now, before we get into what we really want to see from Penn State this week, Matt, I think the first thing I want to discuss today is Drew Aller. Big Ten Player of the Week. Offensive Player of the Week, Drew Aller. And that's a perfect segue because my question here, Matt, is, is the Drew Aller hype train already going off the rails because everywhere you look since Saturday's game, pretty much anybody you can think of that talks about college football has had some sort of opinion on how great Drew Aller was in week one. Um, He got the player of the week, the offensive player of the week award in the big 10, all that stuff. Is this a bit off the rails already? I, I said in our in our uh, recap podcast of the West Virginia game, and if you haven't listened, make sure you go back, check that out. Bill and I do a, almost an hour, pretty much, of just recapping everything that happened. And I did say, 
everybody's kind of overreacting to Drew Aller. But that's not to say that the hype isn't warranted. Like, he's the former five-star. He looked the best, I think, Nick, and you can check me if I'm wrong. He looked the best of any top 10 team with a new starter. Like, I think he looked better than Jaden Milrow. A part of that is because Penn State played an FBS Power 5 opponent. Like, I think there's naturally that hype. But, like, in terms of, like, major college football storylines, like, Aller's probably, like, number seven after week one. Like, you have the coach prime of it all. Like, you have Clemson. You have LSU. You have Texas Tech. You have Baylor. Like, you have all these upsets that I think kind of took... You have the Ohio State situation, which I think is a much bigger deal than how good Drew Aller looked. It's how low-key mid the uh the Ohio State quarterbacks looked um I do think that it could be getting out of control and maybe the people who are saying like let's send him to New York are putting the cart before the horse a little bit but like I understand why there's all of this excitement after watching Aller go out there and play a pretty outstanding game against an FBS opponent a power five opponent in week one yeah I don't think anybody will argue the point that Aller was very, very good in week one because he was. He was, you know, all things considered, aside from the near uh, interception on the tip drill play, pretty much flawless. Like, could have had three more uh, three more completions in his book if not for drop passes by um, Dante Cephas and Keandre Lambert-Smith. And then I, I I guess you could you could maybe count one more on the Tyler Warren play that was almost an incredible play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trey Wallace on the swing it, route. And Trey Wallace zone. on the swing mm-hmm. route, right? That's right. <clears throat> there are um, plenty of things to be really excited about with Drew Aller, but um, I don't. Know, I like you said. I the fact that he is Drew Aller, the fact that he was a five star prospect, the fact that we saw him so much last year, and there was all the the Drew Aller and Sean Clifford discourse last year. Uh, obviously, certainly plays into this as well, mm-hmm. but. Like everyone is just so, it, it's it's gonna be like this all year, right? Oh like yeah, it, it ta- it's gonna take so little for this to be exactly like this with Drew Aller all year, as far as the media goes. Mm-hmm. Listen, I I, I don't want to get too far into it. Like I I was the guy who was calling for Aller after week two of last year. Like I was I was concerned, and we don't have to discuss it. I know we don't really want to get into this. It's all in the past. I was concerned that this was a Georgia Justin Fields Jake Fromm situation. I don't feel less confident it wasn't that after what Hour just went out there and did. Like, I, I just, I think that the hype is only going to get bigger. And we kind of talked about it today, Nick, in our Slack, you and I, after the Illinois, after the Iowa game, you think if he still looks outstanding, then we can start having a conversation about what exactly that means for Penn State and their realistic future moving forward? Yeah, I, I think... Um... I'm very encouraged by what I saw from Drew Aller against How West Virginia. How couldn't you be? Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, West Virginia only had so much to go off of. Like, they only had so much to expect from Drew Aller necessarily. And it was very clear that they were, you know, perfectly fine with saying, we're not going to let Singleton and Catron Allen beat us. If Drew Aller does it, you know what? So be it. We're, we're West Virginia. Like, we're 2023 West Virginia. We're not going to be able to completely stop Penn State. We'll pick our poison here. And Drew Aller won out. Um... I totally forgot. Oh yeah. Um, but that combined with the chance to face two really good defenses with Illinois and Iowa, then I'll feel a lot more comfortable being able to start making some more, you know, generalized assumptions about Drew Aller, you 
you know, about the season so far and about Dorella going forward. Um, obviously, we're not going to learn a whole bunch of whole much with the, a whole bunch from this week in Delaware. But yes, I will feel a lot more comfortable saying, you know, starting to make some some thesis statements about Dorella after we see him play those two very good Big Ten defenses for sure. Yeah, totally, totally fair. Totally understand the wanting to wait aspect of it all. Yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, he's probably not going to need to do all that much this week, and therefore we are we are not going to learn all that much more about Drew Aller this week against Delaware because I'm thinking that something a bit different is going to happen this week with the offense. But Matt, let's use this as a chance to jump into our next point. As far as what do we want to see from the Penn State offense this week against Delaware? A, again, like you said, a perfectly good, maybe even very good FCS team, but they're not going to have the horses to run with Penn State all day. They're not going to have the physical presences that are going to be able to hold up against the Penn State lines overall, at least you would hope so. So I think this offense is going to take on a bit of a different look this week, but I'll let you start. I'm curious what you want to see from this group in week two. First of all, overall, I, I want to see people be able to watch the game. Um, I want to see people <laughs> properly figure out how to stream a game on Peacock. Uh, that's that's first and foremost what I want to see uh, out of the fan base. Um, it's hard because how much can you really take away from an FCS opponent when you're a top 10 team. Like, the all of the shine of the season opener has kind of worn off. Like, now it's football mode. Like, now games are, you kind of know what Penn State is. You kind of have an idea of who the players are going to be. You know, who's going to step up, who has stepped up. So in this, I, I hate to say it, I really just want to see participation by as many guys as I can. Like, in theory, I would want to be saying, I would want to say, I want Penn State to finish drives this weekend. I actually wouldn't mind seeing them still out in the red zone a couple of times and trotting some field goal kickers out there and seeing who can bring that juice after what we saw last week. Like, I just want to see Aller get some good reps. I want to see, you know, the receivers, a ton of rotation there. I want to see Amari Evans if he can go. I want to see Caden Saunders if he can go. I want to see um, Anthony Ivey if he can go. Like, I want to see who can be realistic options for this team moving forward. And if you think back, like, to that Villanova game in 2021, the fact that the Penn State offensive line didn't dominate was kind of a... A, uh, mm-hmm. an alarm bell that really showed things that were to come later on in that season. I want to see guys participate, and I don't want to see anything that makes me say, like, oh, well, you know, it was an FCS opponent, they weren't ready. It's like, no, play your guys, and when your guys are out there, just execute. And that's really what I'm chasing here. Like, no matter what happens, we're not going to be able to, no one's going to feel any different about Drew Aller, unless, you know, he throws, like, seven interceptions against Delaware, but... You know, if the game goes like we hope it will, nobody's opinion on Penn State is going to change from this game. So just show me guys can go out there and can perform in front of a big crowd. That's really what I'm looking for this week. Yeah, you hit on two of the main things that I want to see. Number one being um, a lot of different receivers. Uh, This is, to your point, this is a really good chance to see um, some names in the receiver room that we might not hear from a whole lot more this the rest of the season unless they really, you know, ball out in practice. 
Um, but yeah, this is a great chance for a guy like Caden Saunders to get a good amount of run and really continue to settle in and get comfortable um, because he could be a factor later on for this offense. This is a great chance for a guy like Dante Cephas to continue to get comfortable at the D1 level, even though we're not playing a uh, FBS team this week. It's still a chance for him to continue to get accustomed to the speed with which his own offense operates and get used to catching balls from Drew Aller and stuff like that. Um, to your point, too, about the offensive line, that my first point is I want to see offensive line dominance this week. That's what should happen when you have a top 10 team in FBS like Penn State playing an FCS team, regardless of their level. The biggest discrepancy between those two divisions of college football is in the trenches, and it's in the physicality of the offensive line and the defensive line. If Penn State's offensive line is going to do what we expect it to do and what the team needs it to do this year, this should be a game where those five dudes up front are basically stonewalling the defenders in front of them more or less on every single play. Um, and then the other side of that is I would actually like to see them lean on the run game a bit more this week just to help, you know, continue to get those guys settled and continue to work on the blocking concepts in the run game. We saw a lot of really great things from the offensive line in week one, as far as run blocking goes, even though they weren't asked to do it a whole lot, you know, in the grand scheme. Um, but I would love to see both Singleton and Allen just get a chance to, you know, stretch their legs a little bit, power through the defense, give the block, give the offensive lineman a chance to, like I said, work on those, work on those schemes, all that stuff. Um, I, I just think this is a good opportunity to, you know, you, you let the passing game settle in last week. I think this week you need to let the run game settle in. So next week you can, you know, unleash it all at Illinois. Can I ask you a quick question about that offensive line? Sure. So I think we feel pretty confident in the top five. How many backups do you want to see, or I would say do you have to see, play starter quality reps? Not like quantity, but they look like they could be starters when they're out there for you to feel confident about the true depth of this unit. Is it three extra guys? Is it four extra guys? Um, I think that ideally, if you if you look at an offensive line group and you, you know, if you want to be able to comfortably say that this is a this is a deep unit and a injury is not going to affect them too much, I think you at least want to have a solid two deep. Now I think there's some wiggle room in that as far as like a guy like Drew Shelton goes, because obviously you're not going to see a whole lot of an entire second, you know, second string offensive line. So I think, you know, Drew Shelton being able to flip to the right or the left, I think kind of counts in both spots in that regard. So for me, I'd want to be able to say that there's eight or nine guys that I'd feel comfortable with in a, you know, an important game situation to really be able to say, yeah, this is depth. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like I, I rewatched uh, the Prabula drive and I think on that drive, it was JB Nelson moved over from left guard to left tackle. Left guard was Vega. Center was Dominic Rulli, a walk on right guard. I believe was Nick Dawkins and right tackle was Drew Shelton. I want to see it, whether that be Javen Williams, hopefully whether that be, uh, you know, Shelton getting more laps, reps at the left tackle as opposed to the right tackle. I just want to see those guys go out there again, and I want to see J.B. Nelson off the field and an additional lineman come in there and perform against that kind of opponent. That's really what I'm looking for. Give me new names out there in a variety of spots so I know that those guys are ready to come in and that multiple guys can go out there 
and perform at multiple spots if push comes to shove. That's really going to be a big thing I'm looking out for this week. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I think another place that it would be really good to see some new names get in there and um, just kind of, you know, change the way things are is uh, everybody's everybody's uh, dressers at home as far as their. I was dying to see where you're going with this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is this presents a really great opportunity for everybody listening to diversify their wardrobe a bit with a few new names in there, and a great chance to do that is by visiting homefieldapparel.com. If you have never heard of Homefield Apparel before, they are the premium collegiate brand, premium premium clothing brand as far as collegiate apparel goes on the internet. I'm sure you've heard of them, but if you haven't, make sure you visit homefieldapparel.com. Pretty much any school you could think of, you can find gear for. Obviously, they have Penn State gear. I believe they're up to like 28 pieces in their Penn State yep. line at this point. Um, but they have over 100 different schools of you know t-shirts, West sweatshirts, Virginia and dollars. Delaware in there as well. West Virginia and Delaware, both of them. The Delaware stuff's pretty good. I've seen yeah, I've seen that stuff. That's a that's a good collection. Um, but pretty much anything you can imagine, any school you can imagine, it's a great chance to diversify what you are wearing on your chest at any given time. Um, and you know, obviously, home field means a bit more to you for your favorite teams because they have those designs that you know really only you would recognize as somebody who has some sort of connection to the school. They go back, they dig through the yearbooks, all that good stuff to find all these great designs to incorporate in their apparel. And if you are listening to this, you are a very lucky listener because you can get 15% off of your first order if it is your first time checking out at homefieldapparel.com by using the code RLR23 at checkout. Again, that's 15% off. That's a lot. That's a good amount, especially if you fill up that cart. All you have to do is use that code RLR23, all caps, all one word at checkout for that 15% off. Make sure you give them a look. They have great, unique designs. It's very comfortable apparel. Matt and I both wear our home field stuff constantly. Matt, I, are you wearing a home field shirt right now? I am indeed. I'm wearing uh, the We Are Penn State with the old school uh, Nittany Lion logo on it today. Yeah, that's a great one. Be sure to visit homefieldapparel.com. Check out the shirt Matt's wearing. I'm not wearing one today, but be sure to check out the one Matt's wearing and anything else you can find. It's well worth your time. Get your holiday shopping done early so you can just focus on football from here on out. Matt, let's flip things over to the defensive side of the ball now. We've talked about what we want to see from the offense this week. What we want to see from the defense is a bit of a... I mean, in some ways, it's a bit of a trickier proposal because you don't have as much control over what's going on when you're talking about the defense. But is there anything in particular that you want to see from Manny Diaz's unit in week two? There's not a particular thing, but there are particular guys. And I have six of them listed here. Nick, do you want tier A guys or tier B guys I want to see? Uh, let's go tier A. Let's go tier A. So first things first, Amin Vanover, I want to see mm. Keziah Izzard and Daquan Hardy. The best ability is availability. We don't know the reason they were out. I hope that it was nothing major. I hope that it was maybe just bumps and bruises or maybe just, you know, hey, maybe you're not playing this week for one reason or another. Uh, I want to see them go out there just to confirm that everybody's healthy like we believe that they are and so that they can go out there and shake off that rust after nine months of not playing in a competitive football game. Vanover, I think especially, is a guy who's going to benefit a lot from playing a ton of reps against this kind of opponent. I really do believe he would start at a lot of Big Ten programs. I think this is a chance for him really to flash Izzard, the defensive tackles, looking back on it, played fine for the most part. You know, it's hard to look good on first watch as a defensive tackle, especially against that interior front that West Virginia has. So give me a new guy in there to give me some more to look at. 
And then Daquan Hardy, I want to see him. Dom DeLuca kind of got lost in space a little bit. He played a lot, I feel like, lined up in the yeah. slot. Uh, and I think Hardy occupies that role. So those are my those are my tier A guys I really want to go out there and I really want to watch fly around on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I I have more general um, general points for myself, like things I would love to see the defensive tackles get a bit more push in the middle yeah. of the defense, especially against a significantly less talented interior offensive line, to your point. Um, I would love to see the defensive ends play a bit more under control. It's been said by multiple sources over the past few days, but um, Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson and Denai Des- Dennis Sutton all, you know, looked like guys that were, you know, champion at the bit to get back on the football field and they kind of played like it you know didn't really do a great job containing Garrett Green especially when you're facing a guy like that who you know is going to try to break the pocket the first sign of trouble so it'd be good to see them play you know just a bit more within the game plan um because this is a big you know, moment for Deion Barnes too because of that like that's yeah. his that's his room now like I want to see how he got on them on practice this week and really see what that means in terms of adjustments that's a that's a sneaky storyline to keep an eye on yeah, for sure. Because it doesn't only just affect them, right? Like you're not you're not putting yourselves in the best position to you know get sacks, but you're also kind of leaving your defensive tackles out to dry in that scenario, right? Because if you're if you're getting that wide and leaving that much space, there's only so much your defensive tackles are going to be able to do. Like they they can't cover all those gaps for you. So, um, you know, as we've said, symbiotic relationship, and I think we need to see the defensive ends just be a bit more mindful of that. Um, and then to your Dom DeLuca point, I'd like to see the backup linebackers just be a bit more in charge you know Dom DeLuca got lost in coverage didn't have a great night um, as far as uh, his presence on the defense goes Tyler Elsden didn't look great looked a little rusty you know for all we know he's you know still might not be a hundred percent healthy um, and then uh, Tony Rojas got done pretty dirty on that uh, on that option keeper that yeah that was a token. that was a no read situation I think that's that's him trying to go b gap and, and it just not being yeah. there for him <laughs> Yeah, well, it wasn't pretty for the freshman, but you know, sometimes that that's a freshman moment that can help spurn, you know, greater things. Help, it's a nice learning moment for him. So, I'd like to see overall the backup linebackers be a bit more, um, a bit more control because they're they're going to need them. Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter, Kobe King cannot play every single snap, especially against teams like you know Michigan that are going to try to run the ball down your throat, or so we think. You just have to be able to put backup linebackers in that game and feel comfortable doing it so this is a good chance for them to you know just kind of reestablish themselves um who are the tier b guys you were looking at matt so it's jordan vandenberg caleb artis and elliot washington those are the other three guys i'm really excited to see vandenberg very again just a crazy unique story like the juco route high school linebacker Took him away. He has all the strength in the world. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's physically ready to handle it. It's just been the technical side of being a defensive tackle. I want to watch him go out there and just get some live bullets, see what he can do. Caleb Artis, not very many six foot four, 320 guys walking around in Penn State locker room. Like, that's a different level of defensive tackle that has to perform. You know, he's probably, his ceiling this year is probably like the fourth or fifth guy, but that guy plays maybe like six snaps a game. Those could be really valuable snaps, especially now where there's fewer snaps in a football game. Uh, and then Elliot Washington, guy who already got the green light. He's clearly going to play a lot. I want to see him go out there. When I'm assuming Penn State's going to have a pretty big lead, you know, Delaware's probably going to throw it a ton. I want to see Elliott Washington really step up and make some plays, maybe force a turnover here if he can. So those are my three probably under-the-radar guys that I'm excited to go out there and watch this week. I like it. 
I think the other big storyline going into this week, Matt, aside from the Drew Aller hype train, is the kicking game for Penn State. Yeah. In one regard, things are very settled now as far as kickoff specialist goes because Gabe Nwosu looked amazing kicking the ball. Dude was booming it. Yeah. I think he was, what, I guess it was six for six with Mm -hmm. uh, touchbacks, and they were not, you know, but not like borderline touchbacks. Like no. Those things were gone. Those that's, were Jordan Stout level touchbacks. That's a weapon to have, man. I'm so I'm so excited for Gabe Nuoso. It's always cool when a walk on can go out there and like really get recognized on what was other overall like a pretty crappy week for his unit. Yeah, yeah, especially for someone like him. Like he he was buried on the punter depth chart. Like that's not that's not a fun place to be. No. So for him to be able to kind of find his niche now is is very awesome to see. But as far as place kicking goes, and then even actually I believe sander sahadak actually took a uh took a kickoff as well and that was the one non-touchback of the game um so really really tough day for sander sahadak overall missed both of his field goal attempts wide right he did hit both of his pats and we got the report this week about how unprompted during team meeting got up apologized to the team um we know Sahedek has a monster leg. I feel like I remember posting videos when we still had a website of him hitting like 71-yard field goals, stuff like that. Obviously, practice situation, like no one no one rushing. So caveat at, to that. At but. the field by my orthodontist, which means nothing to nobody, <laughs> but I drive by the field he was doing it at when I'm back in PA. But obviously a monster leg, a ton of potential. And then there's Alex Falcons, the Columbia transfer. He came in the game in the second half. He hit his only field goal attempt. I think he only had one, right? Yep, and two extra um, points. Yeah, hit both of his PATs as well. Um, does not have the legs, Sahedak does. And, you know, wasn't really expected to be necessarily a difference-making D1 kicker. But, hey, if he's going to make us kicks and Penn State's offense is going to be you know, able to avoid situations where they're, you know, taking shots at long kicks too much, he could work just fine. What do you think they're going to do this week and going forward here? So I think it's, I think it's probably Falcons' job just because kicking is so hard to do. Like when the lights are on, that's when you can actually tell how talented somebody's going to be at this. Um, so I think, I feel confident Penn State's going to score more than four times. I think they're going to have more than four sure. scoring drives, whether that be, you know, Field goals or extra points, I think the first four go to Falcons. And then I think you let Sander build that confidence back up and trot him back out there and say, look, we still believe in you. I think that's really important. Like, you always want the kid on scholarship who's going to be around at least another year to go out there and be able to perform at a high level. And I think that's a great opportunity to do it in a low-stress environment. So... That's how I would handle it. I think both guys get to go out there and you maybe put Falcons in some more quote-unquote pressure situations in a closer game. And then he wants to hate that go out there and, you know, make his kicks, see if he can hit, maybe a long one, get that confidence back up. And let's right this ship a little bit and kind of start changing the narrative on this group. Does the fact that Sahedak missed both of his kicks in the exact same spot give you confidence that he can figure it out and yes. correct the error or does it actually make you more worried i think he knows that he did it wrong like I, I think it's big of him to you know stand up and say hey listen i screwed up i think that takes that takes guts for a kid to do like i mean adults wouldn't have the confidence to do that at, at their quote-unquote the job um so i think that's a that's a big side of maturity for the kid and i think the staff I want to choose my words carefully because the staff doesn't owe anybody anything. 
but I think it behooves the staff to give the kid a shot again. And again, I do think this is Falcons. I do think Falcons is your Penn State starting kicker. But again, I think it would be really valuable for Sahadak to get some extra shots at this, especially if the game gets out of hand. Yeah, sure. That's perfectly reasonable. Um, Matt, so let's go ahead and let's let's move on to score predictions before we get into before we get into that exactly. Let's just give a bit of a background on Delaware here. Uh, so quarterback Ryan O'Connor, this is his first year starting. Uh, he did a pretty decent job week one in the win over Stony Brook at 346 yards through the air, one touchdown, did have two picks. Um, but this will be obviously the biggest start of his career, well, his life, really. Um, the two leading, actually the three leading rushers from last year are all returning. Marcus Yarns, Byron Cumby, and Quincy Watson. They combined for just over four, actually Kyron Cumby, excuse me, uh, just over 1,400 yards on the ground last year between those three. Two of their three receivers that were over 600 yards uh, a year ago are returning, Jordan Townsend and Chandler Harden. Uh, their leader in sacks last year, Chase McGowan. It was only three, but you know he had half a sack in week one, so he was already on pace to top that. They did have uh, three picks in week one defensively, but they also turned it over four times themselves. They threw three picks on their own, and they also lost a fumble. They ended up uh, putting up 559 yards of total offense, allowed only 327. So you know, overall, a, a very good week one for Delaware, but it's a different beast playing against Penn State on the road in happy valley there's not currently a spread for this game there usually isn't when it's an fbs team against an fcs team and that fcs team isn't like south dakota state or north dakota state um but you know like we said delaware is no slouch like they're they are a very solid fcs team there's fbs players um, on that roster like that cumby guy i think played at illinois for a minute like there's definitely high level talent on that roster penn state had a couple guys transfer down there over the years uh, yep, most Troy notably, Reader. yeah, Troy Reader, uh, Daylon Darian, who was a receiver turned linebacker for the Blue Hens. You know, um, is, was Pat Devlin? Is that the guy I'm thinking of here too as well? Uh, I mean, maybe, but that precedes my Penn State fandom. Okay. So people are probably yelling at us through oh, their yeah. through their headsets right now for not knowing <laughs> that. <laughs> um, for the SP Plus side of things, Bill Connolly's SP Plus projections has Penn State winning this game forty to eight. I love the eight for Delaware. I love that. Um, Matt, where's your head at as far as the score prediction goes for this one? Uh, you know, the weather's kind of going to impact how I feel about this. I hope it, I really hope the weather holds out. I might go to this game. I'm still TBD on if I'm going to go to this game. I would love for it to be great weather. That's what I'm going to decide if I'm going to drive across multiple states to go to a Delaware game. <laughs> um, but if the weather holds out, I think Penn State can go out there. I think they can put up about 56 points. So, you know, give me 56 to 7, I'll call it. I feel pretty good about that. If it's like a gross monsoon, circa that Northwestern game last year, give me Penn State 35, Delaware 3. So I'm going to, but uh, I, that seems cowardly to do it. So I'll meet in the middle for my official score prediction then. Uh, and give me uh, give me Penn State 49 uh, and give me Delaware 6. Yeah, I'm thinking something pretty similar. I, I think it's something like Penn State... 48 maybe 51 and then i could see delaware getting to like 10 or 13 i do think penn state's going to be able to you know mostly play their second team and beyond defense yep. for most of the second half if not all of it so can i could we, see can a we couple, address that real you know, quick nick i actually want to talk about this i yeah. mentioned it penn state rotated a ton in that west virginia game and i think it really freaked some people out that the defense didn't dominate but like 
clearly those reps matter a lot to the coaching staff. Do you think we're going to have a really similar thing where, like, even as early as, like, I'll say drive two, we start seeing, like, the Keon Wileys and the Caleb Artises start coming in? Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And on it, I mean, if you're surprised by the extreme defensive rotation early in the year, like where have you been? Franklin's yeah. been doing this for years now. Like this is not, this is not anything new, especially against Delaware. Yeah, I think, like, like you said, as early as the second drive, I think we'll see a significant number of second and third stringers start to enter the game. I think we'll only see that first string defense like in its entirety for the first drive. That's mm-hmm. it. I think after that, we'll just see kind of like you know, bits and pieces sprinkled all throughout. But um, overall, like this, like I said, I I don't think this is going to be all that strenuous for Penn State, and I think they're going to mostly do it on the ground. I think there's probably a pretty good chance that both Singleton and Allen are over 100 yards. I would, you know, I'd be comfortable even saying that one of them, you know, maybe sniffs 200 in this game. Like, I I think it's going to be that kind of game for Penn State. I think we're going to see a lot of play-action passing for Drew Aller in this one. Um, you know, just to continue to get used to that look because they're going to need that against Illinois and Iowa. So, yeah, I, I think overall this is going to be, you know, hopefully the what like you said, hopefully the weather holds out. But I think it should be a pretty stress free, enjoyable Saturday afternoon in Happy Valley. Yeah, we love a we love an 11 a.m. Central Time kick. We love the early kicks, uh, and I'm excited to see if I don't go to the game what the Peacock broadcast looks like. So, a lot of, a yeah, lot of layers to too. this outside of like the traditional stuff that. You know, it's all the um, stuff about college football people don't care about, but like sickos are kind of into. So that's mm. what that's what I'm intrigued by. Do you have you watched a lot of uh, sports broadcasts on the streaming services like Apple and Peacock and all those other ones? Apple's baseball stuff I've been pretty intrigued by. Um, I tried to avoid Amazon Thursday Night Football, not out of like protest mm. to like anything aside from bad football for the most part, because those games were trash. Um, <laughs> I think overall they're fine. I don't know. I really, I have an antenna and I really like my antenna. Uh, so it's always sure. tough when I got to try something new. I really like that. I think the alternate broadcasts do a really great job overall. I do. It's Thursday night football is a little, I think the, the advanced statistics stuff they do with the, uh, you know, all the different, cause Amazon powers all the NFL yep. engine, whatever, whatever they call it. So that's pretty interesting. The mm-hmm. broadcast overall is, usually kind of eh, but yeah. like like you said like apple tv mlb uh friday nights on M- on apple tv i adore those, I are, those awesome. are beautiful broadcasts apple not a sponsor but they could be yeah not a sponsor but they could be uh i would i would be really i would really love for apple to like i that was one of the people that offered right for the pac-12 before mm-hmm. the pac-12 started falling apart that apple offered to put their games on there yeah it wouldn't have been a good deal for the pac-12 no. but i think it would have the broadcast would have been gorgeous. I do think eventually that, you know, the, the networks are going to die eventually and everything is going to be streaming. So I'm, it's going to be an interesting world when we get to that point. Yeah. But Matt, rather than go on and on about um, television and the future of television, do you have any other final thoughts on Penn state Delaware here before we get out of here? Yes. This is a truncated podcast today because there just isn't all that much to say about a Penn State Delaware game. Yeah, this is uh, hopefully it's a nice, fun game. You know, if you're going to the game, enjoy the game, travel safe. Uh, always a fun time to be in Happy Valley. And I hope that everybody comes out feeling healthy. And the season really, uh, really ramps up after this with that trip to Champaign uh, looming pretty large. So take care of business, get out healthy, uh, and let's have a great time on Saturday. 
Yeah, things will flip very quickly in the aftermath of this one. We will be back next week to talk about the results of this game. There is a good chance that the recap podcast for this ends up being just me, so that'll be interesting. Um, But we'll most likely probably be back for a midweek podcast uh, next week as well. I think we'll probably have some things to discuss as Penn State gets into the Big Ten schedule. Um, So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Illinois, and we will have you prepped as always for all things Penn State. But Matt, I think that about does it for us here today. And I think we are good to, you know, go ahead and get out of here. You agree? Let's do it. Let's send the folks off into their weekend. All right, let's do it. Uh, If you are listening to this podcast, I assume you are subscribed already. But if you are not, please make sure you subscribe to us on whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Make sure you hit the like, the subscribe, rate us five stars. If you can, it's very helpful for getting us in the ears of anybody else who might enjoy Penn State football. Um, or other Penn State sports. And if you are watching us on YouTube, it would be greatly appreciated if you could like, follow, hit the alert bell so you can get notified every time our new podcast or new video goes live. Shout out to YouTube, greatly- the YouTube channel. We got over a thousand views on our West Virginia video. That was uh, that was exciting to see. Yes, we really enjoy it. The, I, honestly, my favorite part about the YouTube channel is that whenever we do previews of other teams, we get a lot of fans of the other teams coming in and mm-hmm. you know telling us about their team. I, I Very earnestly, I do love it. I think we have perhaps the one good YouTube comment section on the entire website, so <laughs> let's keep it that way. <laughs> um, but I think that's going to do it here tonight for us. Uh, oh, and make sure you visit homefieldapparel.com. Use that code RLR23 at checkout for 15% off of your first order. Now that is going to do it for us here tonight. For my co-host, Matt Filipovitz, I'm Nick Pollock. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Go State. Go State.